Father, we just thank you for your presence. Lord, we believe that you are speaking to each and every one of us. Lord, your word promises that you said, my sheep hear my voice. And so we are believing that we're hearing your voice this morning. And we thank you for changing us in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture, this is in Romans 15, 13. This is what it says, the Passion Translation. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Amen. Well, I, I said last week, uh, tried to get everybody to pray for it. The Bible says this, Jesus said, you've heard to love your uh, neighbors and hate your enemies. But he said, but I say unto you to love your enemies. And so last week's assignment was to pray for somebody that maybe not your enemy, but they're a pain in your side. So hopefully you did that. And uh, if you didn't, don't worry, you can still pray for people that are pain to this week as well. But um, if you didn't hear last week's message, you really need to hear that because this is going to be in conjunction with it. Last week we talked about, um, you know, just our time with God, our fellowship with God. I believe there's so many Christians that feel condemned or don't measure up because of they feel like, you know, I don't spend enough time with God. I don't read my Bible enough. I don't pray enough. I, I mean, there are so many years that that happened to me, even as a pastor, I kept thinking, man, I, I don't pray enough. I don't. And so I always felt like I was falling short. And so therefore, because I felt like I was falling short, it made me feel condemned. But uh, the Lord just really has been ministering to me over the last few years that, um, first of all, Romans 8 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. So um, we need to close the door to condemnation. We need to close the door to condemnation because uh, I know a lot of Christians believe that uh, they're not measuring up because they just feel pressure from themselves, not from God, that uh, they're just not measuring up. And God wants you to know you do measure up. You do measure up. But um, I'm going to talk today about our authority and knowing Him. Those two are linked together, authority and knowing Him. We're going to be talking about healing for the next few weeks, and, um, but I believe this has to be a foundation. This has to be a foundation. And uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says this, Paul said, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And what does it mean to be more than a conqueror? I mean, I think it's pretty good just to be a conqueror, but Paul said that we are more than a conqueror. But being more than a conqueror is something that you didn't fight the battle, but you get the benefits for having the victory. So Jesus has fought the battle for you and me, and we get the benefits. And one of those benefits is healing, is healing. And uh, Isaiah 53 says that himself took our infirmities. He said the chastisement or the payment for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. In Matthew 8, 17, it quotes that and says that himself took our infirmities. First Peter 2, 24 says, with his stripes, we 
were healed. Looking back at what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. First John, or 3 John, verse 2 says this, that, brother, I pray that you may prosper and be in health. He wants you to prosper, but He wants you to be in health. So um, we need to know that. That uh, our healing was purchased by Jesus. Our healing was purchased by Jesus. But this is the thing. Our body, uh, when we have pain and sickness uh, and our feelings, that's the voice of our body. The voice of your body is feelings. I won't sing that old song that says feelings. My relative or my family's here and they'll crucify me. But anyway, reasoning is the voice of your mind. But we need to know those two things because as when it comes to authority and your words, we need to first of all know where it comes from. Alright? Matthew 28, 18 says this, And Jesus came and He spake unto them. This is after the resurrection. Jesus came and He spoke to, to His disciples and He said this, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Everybody say, All power. All power. Does that leave any power left for the devil? It does not. Yet uh, there's a lot of Christians that think that the devil is powerful. The only power that the devil has is the power that you and I believe that he has. He's a liar and a deceiver. He is a liar and a deceiver because Jesus said all power. All power has been given unto me, which means there's not any other power left. I've got it all. I've got it all. So you need to believe what Jesus has said. He said, all power has been given unto me. So that means that anything that the devil lies to you and me about is exactly that. That it is a lie. And so the authority of, of power, authority or power, in some translations it says authority, some translations it says power, but they virtually mean the same thing. But we need to know that Jesus has all power. He has all authority. That's got to be in your foundation. And the better, last week, you know, we talked about not feeling condemned. If, you're, if you feel like your relationship is not up to power or snuff as far as having a, a strong relationship with God. But I'm going to say this. The more that you know Jesus, the more you're going to understand the authority and the power that He has and that He has put on the inside of you and me. I'm going to say it again. The greater that you know Jesus... The more that you know your Father, the more that you're going to understand about authority and power. So that's, you know, on the flip side, you know, people say, well, I just feel like I need, I'm not measuring up. I understand that. But this is what I've prayed on and off for several years. You know, Lord, I just want to make sure that I have a strong desire for you. But God, don't let me to fall into condemnation or guilt. Because I'll say it again, people who are condemned, people who feel uh, guilty, it's hard for them to receive from God because you don't feel like you measure up. I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. How many believe that Jesus is good enough? Well, He paid the price, so God says, I'm taking His standard. And then we accept Him into our life. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And so we're one with Jesus. We are one with Jesus. So the better you and I get to know Him, the more you're going to understand authority and how you walk in it. 
Everybody understands how Jesus walks in it. But the more that you know him, and John 17.3 says this, this is eternal life. Most Christians believe that eternal life just means that you live forever. That's a part of it, but that's not what God says eternal life is. John 17.3, and this is eternal life, that they may know you. That's eternal life, knowing him. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So the more that you know Him, the more that you're going to understand what eternal life is. And eternal life uh, is not just living forever. It's understanding about what Jesus has done for you and me. It's understanding about His power and His authority that He has placed on the inside of you and me. So when Jesus fasted for 40 days... How many think that he was got pretty hungry in 40 days? The Bible says that he fasted 40 days and the devil came and he tempted him. He knew that Jesus was going to be really hungry. He tempted him three times. He tempted him more times after that, the Bible says, but he left him for a season, it says, after the temptation. But this is what I want you to know. Jesus was, he had just sweet communion with his heavenly father. He says, I do what I hear my father say, and what I hear him, and what I see in him, that's what I do. So his, his relationship while he was on this planet was strong. They were one. Him and the father were one. They'd never been separated. So he said that uh, when the Satan tempted him, he knew exactly how to come against Satan all three times. What does that mean? That means the greater that you understand Jesus, the more that you know him the more that you're going to be able to combat the enemy when he comes against you and me. There again, it's about knowing him. So that's why it's vitally important that we know him, that we know him at a greater degree. And I'm going to say it again. It doesn't mean that I just feel like I, I, it's hard for me to know him. You feel condemned. Get out of that. Get out of that rut. First of all, when there's times that I go, man, God, I'm reading the Bible here and it's just, it feels like concrete. So I tell him that. I just want you to know this. How many think that he knows how you feel anyway before you say it or confess it? Anyway, he knows that, all right? But in Luke 10, 19, it says, Behold, Jesus said this to you and me. Jesus is saying this to you and me. Behold, I give unto you authority or power to trample on the serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. So you and I, our foundation, if we are going to understand healing, our foundation we have to understand is I have authority and I have power. You have authority and you have power. You have it. The power of your word. Psalms 107 verse 2. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak it out. Tell others He's redeemed you from your enemies. We like telling people about our sickness and our disease. Well, how are you doing? Well, it's been rough this week. The devil's really been chasing me. I've had a pain here and I've had a pain there, here a pain, there a pain, everywhere a pain, pain. But anyway, this is the problem. That was a joke. I'm just teasing. But uh, this is the problem. He says you need to speak out that Jesus has redeemed you. Jesus has redeemed you. Philemon. There's only one chapter in Philemon. Verse 6 says this, that the communication of your faith 
may become effectual by the acknowledging. You need to acknowledge something. By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. There's good things that are in you and me today. And you need to acknowledge them. And the more that you acknowledge them, faith comes by hearing. And when you speak the word, what Jesus has done for you, faith will arise up within you and me. It will. Jesus paid the price for our salvation. He paid the price for our healing. He paid the price for all of your needs to be met. That song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. He's provided all that I need. He's provided all of thy need. Well, the two greatest things for the needs of the people on this planet is, first of all, healthy bodies. That's one of the greatest things that people want. And the second thing is to have your needs met. To have your needs. And Jesus has done both of those. He's done both of those. But this is the thing. I've come to this conclusion. You and I need to get to the point where we believe in God's Word more than you believe in your feelings, your pain, your sickness, or your problems. I'm going to say it again. You and I need to get to the point where we believe more in the Word of God than you believe in your symptoms. I'm not saying that, you know, people say, oh, are you just saying, oh, I don't have that symptom. I'm not having no, I'm not saying that. What I am saying, there is something greater than your symptom. What I am saying, there's something greater than your problem. What I am saying, there's something greater than what you even feel with your body. Of course you feel pain with your body. Of course we do that. But there's something that is far greater than what you're feeling. It's the Word of God. It is the Word of God. And so we need to get to the point to where... And this is what I tell Jesus from now, time to time. You know, Lord, I'm just not there in this area. There's been times that I felt like I really had uh, authority and power. And there's other times I felt like, man, I just didn't feel it. I mean, didn't sense that I knew it in my heart. I remember when I was, I've told you this story, but it's, it's worth telling again because I like telling stories. When I was in the Air Force, I was only 19 years old refueling uh, a set of four fighters going across the ocean. And um, there's cutoff points to where the fight, they can't f- make it all the way across. And there's cutoff points where they have to be fueled or topped off. And if they don't get that fuel, there is a place for them to turn and land at, uh, go to a base. And um, so there's, we call it dead zone time, okay? And so I was refueling these three planes i had them all topped off and my navigator gets on the back then they have nav- they had navigators they don't even know what navigators are today because everything's gps we did not have gps but uh so you had a navigator to tell you where you're at so my navigator told me he said boom that's what they it's in-flight refuelers a boom operator he said boom you only have and he told me how many minutes i have to get that guy's fuel because we're getting past uh the dead zone time and so uh, all of a sudden, though, we ran into a storm. And uh, my navigator says, you need to hurry up and pump him up before we get into that. Well, after those three that I filled up, the plane just started shaking and dropping. And uh, it was really bad. You, uh, you, lay, you go to the back of the plane, you lay on your belly, and you have this big windshield, and you have a flight stick, and the, this sucks it in and out. So you're laying on your belly, and you're, you're flying this thing, so to refueling. And all of a sudden, it got so bad, my whole body was coming off the, the platform that I was laying on. I was just going, boom, 
Shapoom. I was telling this story to one of my boom friends, and he said, man, did you get sick? I said, there is a point that you're so fearful that you can't even get sick. Because I thought, first of all, I couldn't refuel him, and then probably I thought that was even better than that was that we're all going to die. And uh, that was a little bit more prominent. But uh, I remember I let go of the controls and grabbed the, you could put your arms underneath that platform, and grabbed underneath so I wouldn't fly up and down, up and down, up and down. And so I was grabbing that, and when I grabbed that, I started speaking to the wind and the storm to stop. You think, come on now, Mike. If you don't believe you have authority, if you don't believe Luke ten nineteen, I said, if you don't believe that, then you'll never walk in it. Hmm. If you don't believe, Jesus said in Luke ten nineteen, Behold, I give unto you authority and power over all the serpents and scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be by any means harm you. So I spoke in the name, and I was screaming. You know, the planes, nobody could hear me because it was inside that plane. The pilot and co-pilot navigator up in the cockpit. And so there was only four of us on a crew. And so I started screaming out in the name of Jesus, peace be still, wind, stop blowing, plane, you just fly straight in. And it was probably seconds after I said that, it was as still as me standing here on this platform. That plane, soon as he, it, his was too. So soon as that happened, because the navigator, during all that time, I forgot to tell you this important part. He says, Mike, you got to get him fuel because we're past. In other words, if he doesn't get fuel, he's going to be swimming down there in the ocean. So he says, Mike, you got to give it to him. So as soon as that storm it got calm... He, he just boogied up there, and I popped him, topped him off. He had the fuel, and as soon as we disconnected, the plane started shaking again, and my pilot came on the interphone, uh, the comm, and said, man, that was lucky, and man, I was 19 years old. I pushed that button, and not only did I tell my pilot and crew, I told there's a second button that you speak to the pilots that are, that are behind you, and I said, that was God. I just want everybody to know that was God. And I let go. Because, man, my, my heart was just, but my, whoo, man, you talk about drilling rush? That'll get your adrenaline up. And everybody, it was just quiet. But I wanted everybody to know that was God. And God wants to do that kind of authority and power, but He has to have people who are, first of all, aware that they have that. And secondly, are you going to walk in it? you got to walk in that power and authority. Everybody's crying out, Jesus, will you heal me? Jesus, will you do this? Jesus, will you do that? And Jesus wants you and me to know that He lives on the inside of you and He's waiting on you and me to do something about it. Yeah. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, it says, You speak to the mountain. You are the one who's supposed to speak to the mountain. Not Jesus speak to the mountain for you. You are supposed to speak to your mountain. Oh, I'm telling you, you got to have confidence in the words that you speak. And so there's times in my life that I feel like I do. There's times in my life that I, I struggle in that area. So I'm going to give you some keys to help you in that. I'm going to give you some keys. But I just want you to know this. This has helped me in walking healing probably than anything that I've, I've known about healing in years. And that is I speak to my body. I've had my knees go out. I've had pain in my body. 
And I've come to the conclusion that I have to believe in the authority that Jesus has given me. And because I believe that, when I speak to my body, I'm more confident in that word that comes out of my mouth because of what Jesus has placed inside of me. It's not Mike's power. Are you hearing me? You can't believe, well, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to get... No, you, you're going to be in pain for a long, 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 long time. But you have to believe in the power and authority that Jesus... That first of all, He's on the inside of us. The power of God's on the inside of us. This is why He says, Behold, I give unto you authority and power. You have the authority and power. So when I concentrate on that and I get to a point to where I am confident in the words that I speak. So when I speak to my knee and it's painful... I say, I'm speaking to you, knee. I'm resisting you. You do not have authority and power. I have a greater power than you. And I speak to that pain to stop in Jesus' name. And when I do that, the majority of the time, it still hurts. This is the, this is the test. Are you going to believe more in what you just said? Or are you going to believe in that? The majority of people, including me at times... I think like, ooh, it didn't work. Guess what? It's going to be there. But now I never say it didn't work. Are you hearing me? I never say it didn't work. I say, not only did it work, but I am more confident now that I am the healed of the Lord because of what He has done for me. 1 Peter 2.24 By His stripes we... Were healed. When were you healed? 2,000 years ago. Isaiah 53. You just need to look at it and read it. The payment for us to walk in healing. Matthew 8, 17. Himself took our infirmities. Third John 2. It's the will of God for you to walk in health. First of all, if you just believe that God is your father. What father on this planet would ever want his children sick? What father on this planet? You say, well, if Jesus wants me healed, he would do something about it. Well, why don't you take that same mentality? If Jesus wants people saved, he would just save them. If, if Jesus wants people to quit murdering, quit, quit raping, he'll just do something about it. If Jesus wants all, well, if, all the sin and all the things, if Jesus was powerful enough, he would just do it. No. He can't. Psalms 119 says he's given this earth to you and me. Did you know this earth is ours? The earth he's given unto man. The heavens are the Lord's. But to the earth he's given to man. This is why he didn't leave us helpless. He says, I know the earth is yours. But I'm going to give you the power to have victory while you're down on this planet. How many think that's a good God? God is good. He's not going to leave you helpless. He's not going to leave it. Well, I'm leaving. But I'll tell you what. You're going to have hell on earth. Good luck. What kind of savior would that be? But he didn't do that. Most of my adult life of walking with Jesus, I just thought, man, you just have to suffer and get by as best as you can. But one day, we're going to cross Jordan's stormy banks and we're going to be in heaven and oh, what a glorious day would that be. But while you're here on earth, welcome to hell. 
Just do the best you can. I'm so thankful I found out that Jesus says that you've been made more conqueror here in Pueblo, Colorado. Any place that you walk, the soles of your feet, wherever you tread, I've given it unto you. You take authority. You walk in the power I've given to you. You can have victory right here, not when you get to heaven. Don't wait for it. Just believe that you've got the power and authority to walk in the heaven that's inside of you right now. Jesus came to give us heaven on earth. Now, granted, does that mean you're not going to have struggle? Oh, man, when the devil finds out that you've heard this message, get ready. And then you're going to be tested. Do you really believe? Do you really believe? Well, how how long do I have to walk and just feel that pain? You know what? It didn't matter. I don't think that way. You have to think. You change your mentality. You have to change your mentality. You have to start thinking differently. The Bible says we have to renew our minds. How do we renew our minds? With spending time with God. Reading the Word of God. What does God say about you? If you don't know, you don't have authority. If you don't know, you don't have a power. Guess what? You'll never walk in that. You will never walk in that. But if you do understand that you have authority, that you have power, that you have the ability to speak to your body, The disciples said, who is this guy? When they were on the ship or the boat, they were sound, Jesus was sound asleep in the back. There was a storm that these were professional fishermen. And they thought, we're going to die. We're going to die. It was totally black and the boat, the Bible says the boat was full of water. We're going to die. So they wake him up and say, don't you care? People are still saying that about God today. Don't you care? I'm in pain. Don't you care? What did Jesus tell Peter? You had the ability to do this. You had the ability to do this. And Jesus spoke to the winds, spoke to the storm. And the disciples looked at one another and go, Who is this masked man? Who has the ability to do that? What man? God has given power unto man. He's given us power. He's given us authority. But we really don't believe it. We don't believe that. We don't believe that we have the ability to speak to our bodies. To speak to pain. Jesus spoke to so many examples. He spoke to a fig tree and it obeyed him. Come on. He even spoke to Peter's mother-in-law. Now that's great love. The Bible says it was just in passing. Peter's mother-in-law had a fever and she was sick. Jesus came in there, spoke to her, and she got well and better immediately. And Peter still loved him. That was a joke. But anyway, still. the point is this. There's so many examples. Jesus is our example of what God wants for mankind. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is our example of what God wants for mankind. You're not going to find out that through the media, even through your own circumstance. I'm amazed about how we change what we believe by what we go through. Really? That's your doctrine. Well, of healing, I used to believe in healing, but you know, I got this sickness and illness and I just couldn't get a hold of it. So, you know, I believe it could be the will of God for me to be sick. So, 
Your theology is going to be based upon your circumstance, not on what Jesus has said in his word. So you've elevated your life above the life of God. Nobody would say that, but that's what you're doing. It's what I do. We have the ability. We have the authority and the power. So I'm going to give you some action steps here to help you to understand to walk in your authority and power, all right? First of all, I just ask God, God, I want to know you more. You know, I've, I've, I was saved when I was seven years old. And there's so many times in my life I've really felt like I knew God. And now I feel like, holy cow. I feel like sometimes, man, God, I, I just want to know you more. Why do I want to know that? Because listen, if you and I are going to walk in authority, if we're going to walk, Jesus said this. He said that, on this planet, you can walk even as I walk. First John, I just went blank. I'm going to say four something. First John chapter four something. He says you can walk even as he walked. You can only do that if you know him, by the way. Again, there's no condemnation. Don't feel like, oh, I don't know God. I'm such a loser. Well, you're not going to receive anything from him with that kind of attitude. But my attitude is, you know, Lord, I'm so thankful for what you've shown me. For what you've done for me. But I just want to know you more. I know this about God. He wants to be known more than what you want to know him. So I just say, God, I want to know you more. I said, when I read the Bible, I don't want to just check off my religious square. I want you to speak to me so I will get to know a facet or something about you that I've never seen before. So the first step is, you know, you just need to talk to God that you want to know him more. Lord, sometimes I don't have a desire to read the Word. I know you all probably always have that desire. But I don't all the time. So I say, God, you know, there's times that I don't really feel like reading my Bible. Can you help me out here? Can you help me out here? But I'm going to read my Bible anyway. And you know, some people, I've thought this. You know, when you read your Bible, have you ever thought when you read the Bible, you get up and you go, I didn't get nothing out of that. I'm going to tell you something. Melanie and I were talking about this. Have you ever eaten just a, like a Thanksgiving meal and you just get so satisfied and you go, whoa, that was so good. That was just like, whew, good. And there's times I've, have you had a meal where you, have you ever eaten green beans and, and they, you think cardboard green beans, which one? It just tastes about the same. But I'll go ahead and eat them. I'll eat those green beans that taste like cardboard. But when I get up from the table, Listen to me. You ever get up from the table and go, well, that didn't do anything for me. I'm pretty sure I didn't get any vitamins out of that meal. Pretty sure no essential vitamins came out of that meal or in my body now because it just really didn't take. You don't think that way. You don't. You know, even a meal that is just boring as all get out, when you get up, it, it put nutrition in your body, whether you believe it or not. Whether you think about it or not. I don't get up from a meal after Thanksgiving and I go, Oh, I got so many vitamins today. Oh, and the protein. Oh, my goodness. It's just, nobody talks like that. You just think, ooh. Now, Melody, every, every once in a while, for special occasions, she makes green beans, Kentucky style. And by that, I mean she puts bacon grease in there. And when you eat green beans like that, it doesn't just put nutrition into your body. It does something to your soul. It just makes you feel 
I just feel good, man. I mean, that, that's the way. Now, there, there's that kind of meal, and you just feel like, whoa, now, I've been touched in my soul. And there's times when I read the Bible, I've been touched in my soul. But let's just be real. There's a ton of times where I feel like, man, that was cardboard green beans. But guess what? Even cardboard green beans, you got something out of it. You got something out of it. So you need to believe that. Change the way that you think about reading the Word. I mean, you're not, the hair is not going to stand up. And, you know, you, you hear in the background the hallelujah chorus. And, you know, the room gets real bright. Probably not going to happen very often. But you're still getting something out of it. So, and so I, I'll just challenge you this. When you wake up in the morning, wake up 10 or 15 minutes earlier. Give God the first 10 or 15 minutes. And don't time it. Go, okay, God, it's nine minutes and 30 seconds. You got 30 seconds left. No, don't do that. Don't make it a religious thing. But what you need to do is just give God opportunity. What you give yourself to, you start having a, a more of a hunger for that. You start having more of a hunger for that. So, I, this is what I've been doing for, since the COVID thing. And this is just me, so don't feel condemned or whatever. I've been spending hours of my day just listening to worship music and talking to him, but mostly just listening. Just listening. And I tell you what, I've grown a strong desire to want to know him. So just do some simple things. Don't feel guilty or condemned. And let me tell you this. You may be thinking, I just don't know if I want to do that. You know what? God, God is not going to pressure you. He's not. But I'm telling you, you will have more victory in your life than you've ever had before. You will. The challenges you face, you can't just do it on your own strength. You can't just say, well, you know, I got saved when I was seven, so I, I believe that I can just have victory over this. You need to know what the Word says about you. You need to have a confidence in what the authority that is in you you need to have confidence that when you speak, you really believe it. You really believe it. I could sit here and say, you know what? Five years from now, I'm going to be six foot seven. I can say that, but I have zero. No, I have negative confidence that that's going to happen. Danielle thought when we, um, she was probably, I don't know, three, four, or five. And uh, one of my best friends was six something. And Danielle, she was buying a gift. Melody took her shopping, and there was this really, it was a shirt, a sweatshirt or something, I can't remember, but it was large, and Melody told Danielle, no, Daddy can't fit into that. Well, he's going to grow up, and he can fit into it. <laughs> and she said, and to her dismay, Melody says, no, this is as big as Daddy's going to get. She said, really? <laughs> yep, it's not going to grow anymore. This is it. But you can have confidence in what God says to you. And the only way for your confidence to grow is to get to know him better. The more that you know him, the confident you will be in the words that you speak. The more confident you will be when you speak. The more confident you will be in the Christ in you. Jesus said this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have to be confident in Him. 
We have to be confident in what he has said. Because God wants to use you for his glory. And he's inside of you waiting on you. He's waiting on us. I was thinking about you, Jesse, this morning. And this is what the Lord wants me to tell you. You have the power to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I know you probably have read that. Mark chapter 16, toward the end of the chapter. Mark 16, it says, Believers lay hands on the sick and they they recover. Not maybe. They recover. How come we don't see more of that? Because we don't have confidence in believing in what he has said. I mean, no, that's the word of God. That's not my opinion. It's not my opinion. But the more we believe that, the more when I lay hands on the sick, the more that's going to happen. The more that you'll see that happen. Is it going to happen to every single person? No, because Mark chapter 6, Jesus went to his hometown. Jesus, the son of God. And the Bible says he only laid his hand on a few minor folk. And they did, there wasn't a great healing revival. And you know what the next scripture says? He went about teaching in their synagogues. What was he teaching? The power of God. You got to believe it. So it's not totally up to us, but it has to start with us. Amen?